Welcome to Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher. This is a podcast which is a series of conversations between a comedian and his yoga teacher. We talk about meditation, yoga, the nature of consciousness, happiness, that kind of stuff. But it's pretty laid back, so if you've never done yoga before or meditated, then don't worry. The idea is that you should still hopefully enjoy it. So, I say sit back, I don't know what you're doing. I listen to podcasts when I'm driving or cooking, so I wouldn't be like sitting back to listen to a podcast anyway. But whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy the show. Here it is. I get quite annoyed when I'm meditating and mm. I'm told not to think about the breath because then I automatically think about the breath and I can't stop oh. thinking about the breath. What, what meditation tells you not to think about the breath? Normally don't meditations tell you to, to think about something? You know, maybe to like get yourself in the zone, you sort of focus on the breath for a bit, but then you're supposed to yeah. let it go or something and right, not do it. Yeah, and you, yeah. I'm sure you've in like Shavasana or whatever have said, now don't concentrate on the breathing element of it yeah let go of control of yeah the yeah but yeah. i just when you're thinking that you how do you you just can't not i think it's funny because i think it's like it's like when someone says like you know when someone tells you to like examine how you're moving and then you're like oh am i moving wrong or like if you really start to think about how you walk and then you're like you start walking like a robot because you're not quite sure if you're walking <laughs> And it's like, don't think about the breath. It's like, well, I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> well, it's like having a tiger or a T-Rex in the room. It's like, don't think about him. If you don't think about it, it'll go away. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, well, there's a fucking tiger over there. I'm going to think about it. You know, that's that's how it feels. Like, I don't know how to then not think about breathing. I think the idea is, is that you start to relax so much that you're not necessarily thinking inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Because obviously you don't need to think to breathe or we wouldn't be able to sleep. So I think maybe the idea is that you start to get so relaxed that you can let go of that need to control the breath or, or count the breath or think about it in that way. And you can just watch it come naturally. And maybe that's a short breath or maybe that's a deep breath, but trying to think about letting go of that control that's about as far as i would go it's just hard though because it's it's because mm. you, you get about your day not thinking about breathing and then if you suddenly think about it you're like feel like you need to be the one that's doing it and then it's like yeah. you, you can't suddenly switch yeah, it definitely. you can't suddenly switch it to automatic and manual like between can you <laughs> like that's what you should it's so strange like if you stop thinking about breathing and you're like you feel like you're consciously doing the in-breath and the out-breath because you're thinking about it. You can't suddenly flick the switch and it just go, all right, I'll take over. Like, <laughs> your lungs just go, I got this. It doesn't happen, does it? So then I end up spending 10 minutes sat there thinking, I'm trying to stop thinking about this. <laughs> oh, I don't know. For me, trying to stop something is harder than trying to do something. So if if you say like, you know, don't think about the breath, that's harder than saying, do think about, you know, your toes. Yeah, yeah. Or something. You know what I mean? So if you say like, and then you'll stop thinking about your breath because you're thinking about your toes or whatever. And and then your breath will go back to whatever natural state it wants to be at. And you'll be concentrating on, I don't know, whatever little, whatever little thing you're trying to concentrate on. Like I know I, I've done a meditation and it starts out focusing on the breath. And then you move on to, I think we've done this before as well, the white light and the dark smoke. So trying to breathe in, you know, mental idea of positivity and breathe out negativity. And you have that visualization to help you stay concentrated on the process. And then partway through that meditation, she says to stick with 
just the light. And so you just focus on the light. And then she says, oh, maybe you feel more lucid now. Maybe you feel more relaxed or whatever. Maybe you feel this clarity in the mind. Stick with that feeling. So you kind of let go of the light aspect or that proper visualization. You've let go of the breath. You've let go of everything. And you're trying to stick with that feeling of, of like clarity and lucidity maybe in the mind or whatever. And I quite like that because I thought that was like, you're, you're slowly moving your concentration rather than saying, stop looking about that. <laughs> you know. Well, I had a yoga teacher. She was quite categorically said, like, it is not possible to stop thinking. Like She said, what you can control is just, you know, how busy it is, what you think about, concentrating on something like the breath or mantra or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's just like grounding it in one area or something, isn't it, I mm. suppose, yeah. Mm. You can't turn it off, can you, like your brain? No, I would say that if you're an average day person and you're trying to meditate, the focus should not be on trying to turn off your brain. It's not really going to work. <laughs> well, I don't know. Sometimes I think that like, if you are inexperienced, maybe I thought this, like, I, I thought that maybe you, that was what was going to happen. And then I think one thing that I, even now, years on, I still spend a lot of the time thinking, oh, I've not been doing a very good job of it today and stuff. I'm still mm. into, I'm still get a lot of thought interruptions and stuff and like probably most days and yeah but in my mind i would separate those two things out so i would say like you saying i'm not doing it very well is a bit unnecessary you saying my been i've had a lot of mental interruptions today like my brain has been thinking about things that's okay that like, that's just a fact that's there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with that that's just something that's happened but the problems occur is when you start to put that label on it like oh you know, my, I was more, you know, had lots of interruptions in my mind today. I was really, really thinking loads. And that's bad. That's when, that's when the problem happens. Because the bad bit isn't necessary. It doesn't, you don't need to just judge it like that. Because I think of all the things, meditation and yoga, it varies every single day. Even, even in your body. So you might come, you might think you're absolutely happy, fantastic. You come and lay down on your mat. Maybe we're doing a really chill class. We do a little back bend or something. And you're like, oh my God, this really hurts my, my neck or my back, or and I thought it was absolutely fine. What was wrong? Well, there might not be anything wrong. <laughs> and tomorrow, it might go back to feeling fine, and you'll have absolutely no idea why that hurt yesterday. And, and you won't be able to fix it because nothing was really wrong in the first place. You know, not in terms of like actual problems that need to be addressed. It just happens, mm. you know. And I think it's the same in the mind. You know, you have days where you're really you know, focused and clear and, and you meditate and it's really nice and relaxing. And then you have other days where it's like, <laughs> like you have bugs in your head or something. <laughs> so you shouldn't, should you not label it to say that you're doing well either? I would steer clear of that as well, yeah. Yeah, really, I wouldn't label it good or bad. There was a rule in comedy that Sarah Millican's supposed to have invented called the 11 o'clock rule, which uh -huh. is that when you, the day after a show whether you've done really well or really badly at it, by 11 o'clock the next morning, you forget about it. Like, don't revel in having done a good job and don't sulk about, like, having had a bad one. You can temporarily do it. I guess that's the idea. Like, you can do it that... You can feel good that night. But once it gets to 11 o'clock the yeah. next morning, just wipe the slate clean again. Like, it's gone now. Like, it's sort of similar well, in a way, I isn't like it? I like that. Yeah. 
I do like that because I mean, even everybody makes mistakes. Like you know, every day you can you know maybe you shout and you didn't mean you just got angry because you were hungry or something. You know, like everybody makes mistakes where you kind of react in ways that you later think was bad, or or you know vice versa. Maybe you're really happy or proud about something. But I do think that you need to be able to let it go and and kind of move on. But my my biggest thing is how do you react with knowing that other people probably aren't going to let it go. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying you would lose fans or, or, or yogis or customers, but what's to say that if you messed up so badly or you, you really weren't on your game or maybe you had to quit because you were sick or something really awful, and in the end that's the impression someone got of your uh, performance, for want of a better word, you know, of whatever you do, then how, how do, you, do you have to let them go as well? Like, how, how do you balance that out? Because, like, yeah, sure, you can let it go, and you could be perfectly happy the next day and be like, yeah, it was a crap gig, but whatever, I'm, I'm moving on now. I messed up, I'm only human. But how do you bring that back for other people as well? <laughs> Did Michael Richards think that when he started using the N-word on stage? Like, I don't know if you remember that. You know, uh, it used to be Kramer in Seinfeld in about 2006 or seven. Like, had a go at a black guy in the audience and just continually repeated, he's an N-word, N-word like, continually. <gasps> And um, I don't think he's done a lot since. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the 11 <laughs> that, o'clock rule well, that's really... Well, maybe that's a bit far, but <laughs> I'm kind of thinking down those lines, but maybe that's a little bit much. <laughs> like, the next week is like, these people aren't answering my calls. I've let it go. Why are they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What a bunch of stuck-up sort Why does nobody want me to perform for them? Yeah, yeah. That's an extreme case. But yeah, as is probably that you're kind of right in that, you know, if you do a really bad gig, you're probably not going to be asked back there very quickly. I mean, you know, people do give you another chance, but you, you have to wait for it or earn it again by doing, you know, something else that warrants you uh, them putting faith in you. I think that's what I would have thought for me, at least personally, that's what bothers me when I mess up is not. It's not that I feel like I've done a bad job and, oh, aren't I horrible. My problem is, is that I didn't do my job well. So, like, I will have affected someone else. If I, if I mess up in a class, I feel bad because that means you didn't get a good class. I mean, yeah, sure, maybe you'd be a bit embarrassed or whatever, that kind of thing as well. And I, and I think I'm pretty good at letting things go, especially if it is, like, more temporary or a bit, you know, like, oh, it doesn't really matter or maybe I'll never see them, them again because it was just a one-off class or, you know, something kind of like that is kind of easy. But when it's people that you know and you're repeating it and it's like, oh, you know, I really messed up then. I hope they come back. <laughs> well, I don't know. If it's repeat you know. people, I think they're probably more likely to come back like they'll let you fail once you know like mm. before they think they, that you've lost it yeah if i do a bad edinburgh show one year if someone has seen my previous four and liked it they're not going to not see me again perhaps and they might think twice but they, they probably stay still say we've seen him five times four times he was good and we'll, we're gonna you know one time it's a bit funny but maybe they'll say oh maybe it wasn't him maybe it was me or maybe it was that day or that audience yeah. or that you know they'll cut yeah, you more slack true. if you've got more if you've got more credit in the bank people cut you a little bit of slack yeah. when you do something for the first time that's a problem i remember the first time i ever did a tryout spot at the glee club in um birmingham mm-hmm. i just died like i was good i was good at the time i was still good like i i took such a long time getting this the spot i was so ready for it like it was mm-hmm. only 15 minutes like i was doing 20 minutes for like loads of clubs at the weekend like it was not a problem but yeah they had something where so have you heard of the glee comedy club i haven't well there's no. not one in leeds but there's one in birmingham cardiff um nottingham and oxford i think and there's one mm. in glasgow now as well 
So I do do it now. Um, the, the first time I got a spot after the spot in Birmingham, I was so like, oh, I'm just delighted to have like, I'm going to be well in here because I know it's usually a really good club. Yeah. But the previous year, they had some lawsuit against the, uh, now you heard the Glee club, like the, is it American TV show where they sang that, you know, they sang that, they always sang that song, you know, that, that one. That's the small time girl. Oh, um, um, maybe. <laughs> Come on, you must know that. The Glee, there was a TV show it, or something, the Glee Club. Well, I thought a Glee Club is just a Glee Club, like you have them in high schools and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but like that's what club. the TV show was. It was like several series of these, like, no, there were kids or something. It was quite oh, a big, okay. it was quite a big hit. What year was it a big hit? <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know. You were definitely alive. Remember what I said about our TV in the area? No, no, no. You'd have, I think you'd have been in the UK then. I think oh, you know, it's definitely okay. within the last ten years. It was and it, oh, okay. it was ubiquitous okay. for a period of time. Like it was massive. So yeah, anyway, okay. the Glee Club had a lawsuit against them because the TV show were trying to claim the rights to the name, the Glee Club. But the Glee Club were like, well, we've been here longer, and they were much, they're much smaller. Like operation yeah. than the big American TV show, yeah. but anyway, they got taken. They went to court, and the yeah. the Glee Comedy Club won. So, right. so like that was a nice big yeah. middle finger to the massive TV show. Mm. So that's nice. Anyway, as a treat because it was a really big case, mm. everyone that worked on the legal team got free tickets to go and watch a comedy show, and they all yeah. came on the night I was doing the tryout. Oh. So these all these people never really seen comedy before, but like the majority of the audience was these people on a Thursday. So it wasn't the weekend. So it was not the busiest night. So they really, yeah. really took over it. So it wasn't like they were counteracted by other people, and they just hated me. Like they just like they were so judgmental and like honestly like. I've been doing some of my best jokes, and there would be no laughter, and you just hear people going, "Uh." Oh my god! And. Uh, afterwards I was like the sound guy who's been there forever was like yeah. oh they were really harsh to you that wasn't really very fair yeah. you'll get another go don't worry about it but I didn't hear anything for years because wow. even if you like even if there are accentuating circumstances where like someone where you've obviously had a really tough time it's been sort of you know you've been dealt a bad hand you're still the one that's not got any laughs with all your jokes so you could be the yeah. best comedian in the world and they know why you haven't done that well but they still watched you not do that well <laughs> so yeah. but that's like that's the first time you do it so if i'd have had that gig having done that club for years they would have gone oh well it's just there were just weird people in tonight and we understand it when it's the first time yeah. you do it it's, it looks like it's more your fault even though what could i have done in that situation i mean maybe yeah. I, there is something i could have done and probably would handle it better now but mm. like it was still i had no credit in in the bank i mean but we've all been in that place where we thought maybe we could have we could learn from it you know, like you're saying maybe now you could have done something slightly different which maybe wouldn't been quite yeah i'd have called them c- or something that would <laughs> sort it out I think <laughs> but I could like, at least yeah, have like... gone out swinging and I could at least told them that they were arseholes or something yeah. like at the time I was just like I'll just plow on maybe they'll like the next yeah, joke maybe they'll trying, like the next trying. joke but just I don't know it's part of you thinking well if the people in the club are gonna understand what I'm doing maybe they would prefer me to just do my spot and they'll still 
give me some slack and say, oh, well, he's actually a good act, but they're just weird. Like, he had good jokes, yeah. but I've, I should have just been horrible to him and just see what, saw what happened. But I mean, we always have those kind of, like, little frights when we go somewhere and then the, the audience, if you want to call them that, aren't what you're expecting. Like, you know, I've been to, like, corporate classes and I, I covered a corporate class for another teacher once and I went in and... You expect a certain amount of physical capability out of someone who can go to a class. And if you can't do that, then you really need to start on a, like, on a different journey, if you will, or start on a private class. You know, there's, there's, I'm not saying that, I'm just, like, for example, my father has recently broken his neck. I say recently, it's been three years now or something like that, but he broke his neck and he's had plates put in his neck and he's, he's really got bad problems with his, his spine. I would never, ever have him in one of my yoga classes. I don't care how healthy he <laughs> thinks he is. It's not going to happen because it, it's not – most poses would not be good for him. Like it's just something that I need to make sure it is tailored to him should he want to come to a class. Like, And I think that for the most part, people who have problems or issues or things going on, they would know that. And and you go – like I covered this class and then there were, there were three pregnant women who were heavily pregnant, not just like, oh, just by the way, I'm pregnant, but you can't tell yet. You know, not, not like that. Like absolutely like you, you literally just sit there. I have no idea what I can do with you. <laughs> like it was early on in my in – my, um, well, it wasn't like within the last year. It was uh, years and years ago when I first – kind of within the first two years of teaching. You take any gig then, don't you? That was actually one of the things that prompted me to do some pregnancy training because I didn't know what to do with these lovely ladies who had decided to try out this corporate yoga class with – you know, five guys, two women who aren't pregnant, one guy who's a runner, and then three pregnant ladies. It's like, I have absolute... <laughs> let's just have a seat. <laughs> let's just sit on the floor. <laughs> now, now, looking back, I would probably have done a little bit better than I did. Admittedly, though, we did do fine, and people came up to me after class and said they enjoyed it, so obviously it wasn't crash and burn. But I know that looking back, I could have learned from that and change slightly or maybe something like that and obviously I have done more training since then and I would feel more confident with that kind of thing as well but there's always going to be that case where if someone was watching it they think oh my gosh this person yeah. has no idea what they're doing <laughs> why did we hire them <laughs> but but it's not me it's them <laughs> you can't you know go back and change it though can you like you have no, to have, exactly. you have to have had the experience that was a bit ropey for you to be able to do it better the next time exactly. you can't you can't live in this world of like oh if i'd have done something different and that's another thing about those mm-hmm. like not having free will arguments like you can't keep kidding yourself that you could have done something differently to what you did mm-hmm. at the time you can only learn from the thing that you did do and then you can't live in a what if situation what if i'd have just called all the audience assholes it would have <laughs> uh, well just do it next time you know yeah yeah it's funny you do corporates because comedians do corporates as well. I always think that they never turn out the same or what you expect them to be like when you go do a corporate thing. I wonder if it's because the people aren't paying. So the corporation pays, so the people don't pay, so they don't feel like they have to necessarily get their money's worth or something. I don't know. Like, and so they come into it with a different attitude of like, it doesn't matter if I don't do it properly or if it's not very good or if I don't like it doesn't matter as much you know what I mean oh god I'll tell you what this is really uh, this is really similar I don't do many corporate things the only corporate things I've done are basically when someone has put together a corporate but they've kind of told us that it's not a corporate so that they don't pay you really good money 
So the only corporate things I've done are basically like stuff that's, that mm. people have not really told you it's a corporate, but it is a corporate. But they mm. have pretended that it's not so they can get you for less. Right, okay. But they're not fun because basically everybody knows each other there. Sometimes they're like they're under duress and and they like to you know interrupt you because they want you to make fun of their boss or something but you're not really that asked but the power dynamic is very different because you know you're very much an intruder and it's different it's like going into someone's living room and doing it in front of their family or something like that and they're like who's this guy like (laughs) you know (laughs) like if if they were if they were to like give everyone in the office tickets to go somewhere and watch a show so that not everyone in the audience is from the office, but maybe a big couple of big tables are or something like that. It would st- it would still be better than just, like you're saying, just I don't know. That sounds very similar to my Glee Club tryout. Because <laughs> <laughs> they haven't paid either, so it's similar. The other thing, you know, just to kind of play both sides of this, you know, I've, I've obviously done a lot of corporate classes because I used to teach where I used to work which is where the corporate classes I do now still online. And when I was there, I, you know, I got some great relationships going with my students, with my regulars. And I would have like, I think I had maybe six or seven regular students and it was really good. And they came and they came like every week for a year or longer, you know. And so on the flip side, you can get both in terms of with yoga, for sure. Like you can get a really good session going with with people who really enjoy it who are really learning and you know feeling the benefits of it physically from doing it once a week and then mostly working at a desk and being able to tailor it to that kind of thing and you know it definitely has a lot of benefits and on the other side you can get ones where you know they're like oh we'll just have a well we're just doing health weeks let's grab a yoga teacher and toss her in somewhere yeah. in the schedule and then nobody cares and they're just messing around and it's kind of like some horrible <laughs> like oh my god what am i doing here <laughs> but you know it's a flip side but like I said I'm, I do have a corporate class that's regular now like I've had it since August and that that's really good I have a lot of regular students who come to that which is really nice it's really good cool. to see yeah it's just, you know, it sounds like you know when you do these corporate comedy shows that you do really badly at but if one person comes out afterwards and says oh I actually thought that was quite good it's all worth it in the end isn't it so <laughs> Actually, that's a really good point. Well, I'm just saying thought... that that's what people say, don't they? If you can get through to one person, but I don't think it works with comedy. If only, if only one person's laughing out of like... No, I think it doesn't work with the laughing, maybe. That might be a bit hollow. But if they come up to you afterwards and tell you that they thought it was good and they thought the room was a bit quiet or whatever, but they thought it was good, mm. that would probably make you feel all right. Do you not think? Yeah, I think sometimes when I mean, sometimes when you do a show, the acoustics are dreadful, and that you actually get told afterwards that you did a lot better than you would have heard that you did, and mm. that happens. I did something in Saltaire a couple of years mm. ago. It's the last time I remember this happening. The room was massive, and mm. there was some troublesome characters in it, but I don't think they really played up. But it made me feel like it was going to be harder than it was, and I just, I just. I didn't leave any sort of space for interaction. I just like pumped out the set and I thought I'd done yeah. really, really, really averagely. I couldn't hear anything really coming back at all, but I just like mm. left the pauses where I should have done. And when I finished, I got a massive ovation. <laughs> and then when I came off, everyone was like extremely complimentary, but I really thought I'd struggled. I just didn't, you know, that, yeah. that can happen. So sometimes people will come up and say that you did really well and you don't, and you can tell it's not them trying to, comfort you for because they feel like mm. you need like they're not like oh actually you did quite well 
isn't he secretly rubbish they're thinking you know but <laughs> like so you you believe them when they say oh you know you just yeah. couldn't hear back because so the room's not shaped properly you won't hear yeah. it come back at you so much like so it does happen and here here's the here's how this plays into being a yoga teacher so people don't know what face they're making when they're taking yoga poses so as a teacher, I look at you and I judge how difficult the pose is for you based basically on what you're doing. And one of the things is obviously your facial expression. If you are pulling a crazy face, I'm going to take you out of that pose pretty quickly <laughs> because you're probably dying <laughs> and I don't want to kill anyone. <laughs> you know, if you're like, and you're doing, you know, these are my mm. cues, you know, these are cues for any physical fitness person. You know, if people are making crazy faces, something's not quite right, but people don't necessarily know they're making those faces so sometimes you might go through a whole class and it's like oh gosh you know I've I, maybe I've really overdone it today or whatever and then if people come up to you afterwards the people that you saw earlier making these crazy faces and tell you it was you know a fantastic class and they really enjoyed it it's like oh right okay it wasn't that bad then <laughs> thank you I'm glad you enjoyed it you know that kind of thing um, and and so for anyone who's listening, make a point to compliment people because it really makes a difference. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you do something and you like it, and you see that person later, tell them because it it does make a difference when they know that things have gone well and things you know haven't gone well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. At least now I know when I'm not enjoying a pose, I can just pull a really awful face and then you're just like um oh no more i'll tell you what i don't i really hate that you made us do it yesterday oh a half moon whenever you say we're gonna do half moon i just think really? oh no because i just i just i find it really hard i'm probably better than i i was at doing it but I, i'm sure i don't do a very picturesque one but i am on one leg so mm. that's something isn't it <laughs> Whenever you say we're going to do that, I sort of, my heart sinks a little bit. <laughs> That's really interesting because I wouldn't have said that it was like, you're just like, um, you're just like starfish, you know, you just legs, legs are wide, arms are wide or whatever. And then you kind of lean off and balance over one leg. So I wouldn't have thought that that would be like your most hated pose. Usually our hated poses are the ones that are like, we're trying to get ourselves into a position that's really uncomfortable or whatever. So that's really interesting. Mm. And is, is it because you find the balance difficult or you don't like holding your leg up or anything like that? I think or? you just, uh, do you find the balance difficult? I don't feel as steady, you know. Like, I feel yeah. like I feel like if I get knocked off balance, I feel like I'm in a position where where I don't feel like I'm going to recover as easily. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. yeah, and and do you feel that way when you're in Warrior Three? No, I feel all right there. Because you know you could just go to Warrior Three if you feel wobbly. Like literally, that's like s such a quick mo. It's literally the hip open or closed. It's the same pose except. You got no comments on my Warrior Three or Half Moon or anything. Like... What do you mean in terms of like improvement? Or... No, no, you, don't, you haven't been watching it and thinking. <laughs> you know, gonna have to have a word with him about that at some point. No, I mean, the only thing that I would say is that it's really, really common in people who obviously do not watch themselves because we tend not to have mirrors in our houses like that and stuff is that usually the head and the foot line up, but the in between doesn't. And I have noticed that sometimes with you, but not necessarily. Uh, no, it's all coming out now, is it? <laughs> well, you asked. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like the head will be a little bit low and then the hips will be higher and then the foot will be low, but really they could both do to come up a bit. All right, well, give me time, you know. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you asked. <laughs> That's it's such a 
makes me i'm big enough to take it and then like it comes out and i'm like well fuck you then (laughs) (laughs) i've changed my mind i don't don't want to know (laughs) that's that's, like honestly that's like when people ask for constructive feedback and they actually want you to say oh it was great no nothing negative to say yes is this an english thing because nobody should ask for feedback if they don't want feedback (laughs) no well it happens all the time if someone if if a, a new act and i probably did this is asking for advice they don't want advice they want you to say that was good no advice that like that happens a lot in like if if a new comedian came up to me and said do you have some advice then i'd probably try and get out of the conversation by just complimenting in as honest a way as i possibly could without saying and then just like move on because they i just feel like they probably don't want to hear you need to write better jokes and get better at performing jokes (laughs) yeah no, what, they, what's my advice? Maybe Learn to drive. Else, like, that's, oh. the, that's my advice to comedians. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If it, maybe if someone had an opinion that was like, oh, you're very still on stage. Maybe you need to move around a bit or something like that. Like yeah. Maybe those kind of tips might be more acceptable. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I know what you to, mean, though. I it's very awkward. Very, I used to be very, very stationary. And I still am. And so mm. if someone ever told me that, and they have done, I'd just be uh, like, well, no, because that's like... <laughs> That's, that's that's what I'm doing. That's me. So you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, but I mean, if you asked for feedback and then they told you that, you would just be like, "Oh, all right, okay, that's your opinion." Yeah, but you might not necessarily take it to heart because you might think, "Well, this is I've made this." Well, why a would I ask choice. them? Because I don't have, if I don't have a problem with what I'm doing, then why am I asking someone for advice? No, I I just I mean you as an an example. You know, like as as an as a new if if someone was new and they were asking for some advice and then they gave you a comment that was like something you had making a choice to do, you wouldn't take it personally because you'd be like, Oh right, okay. But then mm. you would know that you were making that as a conscious decision, so you would stick with that because right, that was okay, something yeah. you wanted to do. That's what I mean. Oh, so it just reiterates to yourself. Yeah. That, yeah. So yeah. if you're like, Oh yeah, can I have some advice? And they say, Oh, you need to stop doing the thing that distinctly makes you you then you go oh no well you're wrong there you don't know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah well actually you probably just go oh right okay but then you wouldn't do it yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah maybe it is a british thing perhaps i don't know yeah because i I was talking uh, with a friend recently about it because she was saying she found it really surprising when she came over here to england that people say things like Oh, we should, you know, we should meet up sometime. We should have a coffee, and but they don't mean it. No, they no. actually don't mean it. they do not want to see you again. And I was saying, I was saying, there's a balance. If you say, "Oh, we should meet up sometime," bye, then it's so vague that maybe you're just being polite. But she was saying, someone that she had met had said, "Oh, uh, you know, let's meet up on Thursday. I'll send you a text." And then they just never got in touch and never met up. And I said, "That was a little bit rude. I think that's too far." If you say a specific day. <laughs> And you think, yeah, we'll see you again. And then you don't. I think that's a little bit too far. I don't know. I think it's a bit of an English thing, though. I just wouldn't say anything. If you don't want to see that person again, just don't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Just say goodbye. (laughs) So many times I've asked people out on dates and had that. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah, first day. Definitely first day. They're not there. Oh, dear. (laughs) That's not true. But, yeah, um, I know what you mean. That's the cliche thing. We should do this more Mm. often. Which actually translates, thank God we only do this every five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back in two weeks if you're listening when these come out. And when we're going to be talking a bit more about some yoga philosophy, we'll be talking about the first of the yamas, which is called Ahimsa, 
which means non-harming. So make sure you're subscribed and then you'll get that episode as soon as it comes out. And also thanks as ever for anyone sharing or telling their friends about the show. We'd love more people to find out about it. So that sort of stuff is really, really helpful. Follow our Instagram accounts if you like. Uh, I'm peterbrush underscore. Kayla is Kayla McCormack Yoga. And we're both on Twitter as well. If you look for our names uh, in the show notes, it'll have all the correct spellings, such and such and such. Right, see you soon. Bye.